Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bcc.church. So love is filtering. And just to clarify, I'm not talking about Instagram and filters and photo filters and stuff. I'm talking about when we're cutting stuff out, when we're putting things through a filter to purify, to clean things. Um, That's the filter we're talking about. Uh, So to continue with 1 Corinthians 13, which is what we've been looking looking at in this Love Is series, um, verse 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So here Paul is telling us that in order to mature we have to think about and process what we're doing. And, be, uh, and to be mature, um, we have to be mature enough to put away childish things, to start doing the mature thing. Um, otherwise, we won't grow. And part of putting away childish things is to help us put away those things that might not necessarily help us grow. Uh, so as Rob said, this is something we're doing with the youth at the moment. We've done a whole series on filter. Um, and some of the topics we've, we've done with the youth is uh, music. So Wana at the back um, spoke to the youth about music and how we need to listen to, need to, listen to what we're listening to. Um, so I think too many times there's a, a new song or a new album or whatever, and we just we listen to it, oh, it sounds good, the beat's really nice, and we just take it in without actually filtering the lyrics, without actually filtering what are they actually saying. Are we listening to what they're actually saying, or are we just letting it in? Relationships. Olivia spoke to us um, about relationships, and she used an example in her life how she has an amazing group of friends, but she's put up some filters, she's put up her guard a bit to make sure that she's the influence rather than being influenced, and to make sure that she is keeping her relationship with God strong, making sure she puts away those childish things and not being influenced. Movies is another one we spoke about, similar to music. Are we being careful about what we take in? Are we being careful about what we watch? Are we filtering it, or are we just allowing anything to come in and, and absorb into our lives? Uh, Leslie spoke about environment and being in the right place to grow, which I'll talk about a bit more as we go on. Uh, Sophie spoke about social media, and this is a massive one in our culture nowadays. And how, again, social media is not all bad. I'm not saying we shouldn't use social media, but we can use social media wrong. We can use social media to glorify ourselves rather than to glorify God. And if we're doing it that way, we're doing it wrong. Um, So social media is is a big one in our culture, especially for the youth. Um, And then we spoke about the tongue. Are we filtering our tongue? Are we using our tongue wisely? Are we doing it to reach people for Christ? Are we destroying people? Are we knocking people down? Are we joining in in conversations that maybe we shouldn't be in? Are we filtering our tongue? So they're the topics we covered with the youth, but there's tons and tons more that I'm sure we can come up with. There's TV shows, there's biblical stuff. You know, do we filter what we hear from preachers? Or do we just let in anyone speak into our life? Oh, they use the scriptures. They've used the word God and Jesus, so 
it's good and I can just accept it. No, we will find ourselves damaged and believing the wrong stuff if we do not filter what we're hearing from the platform or podcast or whatever it is. We can't just take people's word for it. We need to filter the Bible. We need to filter scripture. And there's so many media outlets and stuff that are influencing our lives on bus stops, through TV, whatever it is. Something is trying to advertise something. And if we don't filter, we'll just take those things in. And there's tons and tons more that I'm sure we could all come up with. Because although kind of we've done this with the youth, and we might think, oh, yeah, this is stuff that youth need to learn as they grow up and they should learn young how to filter. Truth is, we should be doing this for our whole life. And, I mean, I'm not that old. Hopefully people think that. I'm 28. But I'm not a youth anymore. I'm an adult. And... It... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's like, I have to do this. I have to still filter. I think daily, there's choices that I make that I have to put for a filter. Is this going to glorify God? Is this going to help me? Is it going to bring someone to Christ? Is it going to turn someone away from Christ? We have to put things through a checklist. We have to put it through a filter. And another word we could use instead of filtering is discerning. In the Bible, the word discern has several meanings used in different ways, but what it all comes back to is weighing up. And that's all we have to do. That's all filtering is. It's rather than just reacting on emotion, it's take a pause, think, weigh up. Is this good or is this bad? Is this right for me to do? Is this wrong for me to do? So discernment discernment means to observe, So we look at something and then to think about it before we act on it. So we think about it, we weigh it up, and then we we can distinguish whether it's good or bad, right or wrong, and whether we need to act on it or not act on it. So why is filtering so important? Well, as I just mentioned, it's important because it helps us make the right and wrong choices um, and to distinguish what's good and bad. But quite simply, if we do not filter... If we do not discern, we will be allowing things into our lives that shouldn't be there, that aren't good for our lives, and we'll just let it in. Again, like the music, like movies, if we just, oh, that sounds good, and I'll just listen to it and you know, not really take in what you're saying, then it goes in, and it's not good. So I have an analogy this morning. I hope I don't spill this. <laughs> or break anything. Yeah, so... Should have set this up before. Um, so in this bowl, we have flour. And let's say that flour is all the good stuff. So social media, the good stuff of it, movies, music, good biblical teaching, all of it. Anything you can think of that actually we need to filter. Let's say the good stuff is in here, but also in here is some gravel, which let's say it's the bad stuff of the same things, just not the stuff that we should take into our lives, stuff that's not necessarily good for us. And if we just pour this into our life, then we've got everything. We've got the good stuff, and then we can say, oh, but look, it's mostly good. There's a lot more flour than there is gravel. And, you know, I'm reading my Bible, I'm worshipping, I'm loving God, and most of it's good, but you've still got the bad stuff in there. You're still not completely clean. It's still not the best that you could have. But if we simply add a filter... And as we allow things into our lives, if we filter them, 
then we just get the good stuff. And we don't get the bad stuff in our life. And this is why it's so important to filter, to make sure we're just taking in the good. We're not taking in the bad. And so we're clean, or as clean as we can be. And the Bible's full of truths about um, being careful about what you take in, about having your guard up, guarding your heart, about putting filters, accountability in place to stop ourselves from letting in the bad things into our life. So a few reasons why we might struggle to filter. Uh, in Luke 6, I think this gives us a great mirror we can look at as to how we might struggle to filter. So it says, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So in here we've got an analogy of a tree. So we're going to look at a tree and see how it, what it needs to be healthy. So the first thing it needs is to be planted in the right atmosphere. Can a pineapple tree grow in the middle of London? No. Can a mango tree grow in the middle of London? No, because it's the wrong atmosphere. It's not in the right place. Um, so my question is, what atmosphere are you in? Are you in the right place? Are you planting yourself around the right people that will help you put filters in place? You know, another plug for life group. Life groups are so key to helping us grow, to being in that fellowship, that wise counsel of other people that are going to help us put filters in place, that are going to help keep us accountable and make sure we're doing the right thing. So if we're not in a life group, I do urge that you join one so you can be put into the right environment. And I know we have to work, and you know, usually our workplaces aren't necessarily Christian. Luckily for me, because I work here, I do. But um, for most of us, we're out there in the marketplace. Um, so we're going to be around people that don't filter. So even more reason for us to be cautious and make sure we have those filters in place and put yourself in the right environment. Don't get involved in those things that are happening at work that aren't good for our lives. Uh, the next thing a tree needs to grow healthily is its food, the sun, the light that it takes in. So my question is, what are you feeding yourself? What are you feeding your soul? Are you feeding it good things? You know, the Bible, worship, prayers, encouragement, Wise counsel, again, life groups, sound biblical teaching, or are we letting ourselves be filled up with the bad stuff? Discouragement, gossip, are we getting mixed up in unbiblical teaching that Timothy says tickles our ears because it sounds good to us, but it's not actually biblical? Social media, in a negative, narcissistic sense, are we using it to glorify ourselves rather than God? Are we watching things that we shouldn't be watching? Are we listening to things that we shouldn't be listening to? And there's, there's so many things we can put in the good list and the bad list. But essentially, what is the diet of your heart? What are you feeding yourself? You might, like, if you start to discern, if you start to filter, you might get to know yourself a bit better and understand your triggers. So you realize, when I watch that, I get angry. Or when I listen to that, my emotion changes and I, and I get upset or I get like this. And you start to learn yourself. So an example in my life, um, growing up, 
I, my, the music I really like is hip-hop. Um, the genre I listen to is hip-hop. And growing up as a kid, I have an older brother. He'd always listen to Eminem. Eminem still is his favourite. Um, and this was the joke that Rob was referring to. Eminem the rapper, not Eminem the chocolate. So he'd always listen to Eminem. Uh, and I grew up liking hip-hop, so I'd start to listen to Eminem and these other guys like Tupac, Biggie, Jay-Z. I don't know if you know any of them. But... Um, <laughs> All these hip-hop artists, and they're the guys I really like to listen to, that kind of 90s, 80s, early 2000s hip-hop. Um, and I'd listen to a lot of Eminem as well, because I grew up listening to it. Um, and then one day I heard um, a message kind of about hip-hop and being careful and, and what kind of happens in the hip-hop industry and all that, and I got convicted. So I was like, okay, I don't want to listen to Eminem anymore. I don't want to listen to the, these guys um, so I kind of took them out, and that's all I did. I didn't, you know, change my prayer pattern, change how much I read the Bible, how much I spent time with God. I literally just cut out like the bad people in rap. And about two, three weeks later, I had at least three people come up to me saying something's different about you. And literally, all I had done is cut out those guys. I hadn't changed anything. I couldn't tell you exactly what they meant, but I have changed. But I know it was a good thing. And I know it's because I cut these things out of my life. I started to put away childish things. And I started to mature, and people could see it. So when we start to put away these childish things, we will grow. We will deepen our relationship with God, and it will affect people around us. And the other thing that um, helps a tree grow is not parent, uh, child number 23. <laughs> is um, is it getting enough food? So it's getting the sunlight, but if it doesn't get enough sunlight, it's only going to grow to a certain amount. It's not going to grow to its full potential. So my question is, how much good food... <laughs> you can't see it. How much good food do you eat? Because we can say, well, we read our Bible. I do worship God every day. I do pray every day. I do spend time with God every day, which is great, but is it the priority? Do we go into a depth with God where we're building our relationship or do we do it just out of legalism? Do we do it just to take away the guilt of, oh, I've not read today and we're not going deep? Or we're doing it, but we're quickly wanting to move to watching that TV program, wanting to listen to that music or do our other hobbies. But if we're not getting enough of the good stuff, it's, gonna, it's not going to outweigh the bad stuff and it's not going to be good for our lives. It needs to be priority. We need to go in with, with Bible, prayer, worship as our priority. So, some practical ways to filter. Uh, so, I think around 2010, Jay-Z um, brought out a, a rap album. And um, around that time, I used to listen to a pastor, a preacher called Mark Driscoll. Um, so, he listened to this album and he posted on Twitter, Jay-Z is a genius. And that's all he said. And he's right. If any of you guys know Jay-Z, what he's accomplished, um, kind of, if you listen to his music and see the way he kind of puts lyrics together and stuff, he is a genius. He is very good. And that's all Mark Driscoll said. He's a genius. He didn't say, listen to the guy. He didn't say, oh, this album's amazing. Everyone needs to listen to it. He just said he's a genius. And of course, the Christian world ripped up. And he got loads of hate mail. 
loads of um, Twitter replies and how dare you listen to Jay-Z, you're a Christian, you're a pastor, you've got your congregation, how you listen to this people, how you're encouraging people to listen to it. And he wasn't doing those things, all he said was he's a genius. But his response was he came back with an article um, and I've used that article ever since because he came up with three R's which I'm going to share with you guys now because I still use this today to help me filter things. So the first R is receive. So there are things God has created for us to enjoy, and we can just receive it. So marriage, created by God, is for us to enjoy. Stuff man has made, but obviously God is ultimate creator. So the internet, we can receive it. Music, receive it. Television, gadgets, technology, many, many things. We can receive it. They can be used for our benefit. They can be good for us. They can help us. They can be received. Then there's stuff that needs to be rejected. So there are things in this world that are not good for us and therefore should be rejected. Pornography is an obvious one. It's never going to be good for us, never going to have a good reason to watch it or an excuse to watch it. Reject it. Like black and white, no thinking about it, no discerning it, just cut it. Um, And then the last one is redeem. So there are things in culture that are not bad in and of themselves, but can be used in a sinful manner and therefore need to be redeemed by God's people. If we take music, for example, again, I love hip-hop. That's the style I really like and I listen to still. Hip-hop in and of itself is not bad. It's just a music style. It's not a bad thing. It can be received. But there are many artists out there who have polluted it and have made it sinful, like Eminem, like Jay-Z, like Nas, like all these people. Um, they've polluted it and made it you know, aggressive, gangster rap, talking about fighting other people, hurting other people, money, sex, all the stuff that's in it. That side, for me, I want to reject that. Like, so it can be received, but sometimes it should be rejected. So instead of just rejecting hip-hop, because it's not hip-hop's fault, it's the artist's fault, it can be redeemed. And that's why we have many Christian artists like Lecrae, Andy Minio, KB, Trip Lee, Cannon, I can keep listening. I've got all these artists that I listen to that are Christian hip-hop artists. So the hip-hop isn't bad. They've now, they're now using hip-hop to redeem it and bring it back to glorifying Christ. So there are some things we can receive, some things we need to reject, and some things can be redeemed and doesn't necessarily need to be rejected. So to help us with this, um, we have scripture. 1 Corinthians 10.23, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. So all things are lawful, Paul is saying, you can do anything. You are free to do whatever you like. Nothing or no one, God isn't going to stop you. If you want to listen to those rap artists, go for it. No one's going to stop you. If you want to watch that thing that you shouldn't be watching, no one's going to stop you. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. So the question we can ask ourselves to help us understand to receive this, reject it, redeem it, is does it help me? I can do it, but does it actually help me? All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Does this build me up? If yes, chances are, go for it. You might need to discern it a bit more, 
but go for it. If no, what's the point? Is my advice. If it doesn't help me, if it doesn't build me up, then what's the point? Chances are, if the answer is no, then it's going to do the opposite, and it's not going to help me, and it's not going to build me up. So, so my advice, again, is cut it. And if we carry on to verse 31, so whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And for me, this is almost like the, the Trump question. Does this glorify God? Does me listening to this, does me watching this, does me doing this, does me saying this, does it glorify God? If the answer is no, again, I'd advise, what's the point? Cut it. If it doesn't glorify God, then we're in danger of either glorifying ourselves or something else. But we're called to first glorify God. So we can ask, is me watching this program glorifying God? Is me posting this picture on social media glorifying God or myself? Is me listening to that music helping me? Is it building me up? Is it glorifying God? And if our intention isn't to glorify God, then we're in danger. So an example of this in my life is horror films. Um, So I grew up watching them. I was kind of allowed to watch them when I was younger. Again, my brother gets the blame for this one. Um, Because he's older than me. So we'd wake up early and just go downstairs, he'd put the telly on and he'd watch, he'd put like a horror film on. So I'm watching it and at first I'm scared, I'm very young, probably like six, seven, eight, watching these things, very young. So at first I'm scared, but then after a while I just became desensitised and nothing would scare me, nothing would freak me out. And we try and watch all these like really scary films, but now I'm desensitised to it. And we can become damaged through desensitization because we just allow things in, allow things in, allow things in, and we don't think about it anymore. We just let it corrupt our lives. Um, so an analogy for, for me with desensitization and, and what culture does to us is um, a frog in a pot. Does anyone know how you, you cook a frog? The, the French way, the proper way. No, it's not put a little bit. <laughs> Even though you could do it that way, but the proper way is you put it in, like if you put it in boiling water, it's just going to jump straight out and you can't cook it. So what, to do it, sorry if you're squeamish, you put it in tepid water and slowly, slowly, gradually heat it up. That's culture. That's desensitization. We allow something in at a mild level and... Culture, to keep your attention, has to get more extreme. Otherwise, we get bored. So it has to turn up the heat. So what does it do? It slowly, slowly turns up the heat, and then we're in trouble, and it's too late. And this was me with horror films. They, I just became desensitized to them. And I could watch anything. And I'm like, okay, this is going to happen next, and that's going to happen. So I'm, there's no jump scares, because I know it's coming. Um, so... Um, I can't remember what year it was, but there was a point, I think I was around 17, 18, um, Paranormal Activity, the trailer came out. Um, and if you don't know what Paranormal Activity is, it's a very supernatural horror film, full of the demonic, not good. I wouldn't recommend anyone to watch it. Um, but this trailer came out, and I got very excited. Like, oh, finally, this looks like super scary. It might be something to, excuse me, give me that buzz that I've been looking for to make me excited, 
Um, but somewhere between the trailer coming out and the film actually coming out, the Holy Spirit slapped me in the face. Um, and I just didn't want to watch it. Like, God convicted me. Um, and I was watching the trailer once, and I was just like, this stuff happens. And not to get, like, spooky and scare people, but this stuff is real. The demonic realm is real. This stuff does happen to people. I don't want to allow that to entertain me. I, why am I going to let that just evil, satanic stuff, the stuff the enemy uses to torture people, and I'm going to allow that to entertain me? I didn't want that. Um, so I got convicted, and I, I put it through the filter and, and cut it out. Now, I'm not saying that you guys can't watch horror films or listen to Eminem or whatever. It's not a legalism thing. This isn't about... You know, I'm a Christian now, so I can't do this, I can't do that. Because, of course, we know it's, it's not by works. It's not by what we do that earns our salvation. Jesus has paid for our debts. He's given us salvation free. It's a free gift. He's already done it. But through our love for him, we change. Through our love for him, our desire changes. So for me, this whole thing with music, this whole thing with horror films... My desire changed. And it might be a sacrifice at first. It's hard to put away those childish things because we enjoy them. And that's the problem with sin. We enjoy it. That's why it's difficult to get rid of. But we take that step. We stand strong. We be mature enough to say, that's not good for me anymore. And we put it away. And that was the conviction I got with horror films and music. It might be different for you. We're all in a different journey. We're in a different space. But I urge you to think about things and start putting it through the grid because you might get convicted and it, God might be trying to help you mature and put away those childish things. And if we're still struggling with receive, reject, redeem, my, I don't know if this is helpful. I don't think it's not helpful. I enjoy it. I don't know what to do. For me, this question is the trump card um, that I use all the time. If Jesus was physically in the room, would I be doing that? Would I be saying that? Would I be listening to that? Would I be watching that? Etc. And for me, this is a trump card. Like, actually, oh, I wouldn't be doing that if Jesus was standing there. There's your answer. Cut it. Filter it out. Or at least put some sort of filter in place. Maybe not cut it out if you don't want to cut it out. It's up to you. But at least, you know, for example, the example I gave in the first service was Game of Thrones. I know there's a huge debate around the show Game of Thrones, whether Christians should watch it or not. Me, personally, my conviction is I've chosen to reject it. I know I'd love it. It's exactly my style of show. But there's too many scenes in it that I don't know why they're there. Um, so I've chosen to reject it. And that's not to say everyone else should reject it. But at least put a filter in place where... Watch it with your wife or with your husband or just put accountability in place so you've got a God. You've got some sort of filter in place because basically those scenes are pornography. And as we've seen, pornography should just be rejected. So put accountability in place. Be mature. Um, so coming to the end, um, you might be thinking, well, what has this got to do with love. Love is. You know, hopefully I've given you some tools this morning to help you um, put filter in place. And I know we can kind of think, oh, you know, this is 
a youthy message and it's like it's for them to learn, it's good for them. But I hope this is speaking to, to all of us this morning because the truth is we should be doing this our whole lives. I daily have to make these decisions. I daily have to put things through filters. Is this good for me? Is this going to glorify God? And we have to do it every day. And it's not even the extreme stuff like movies and obvious things like music and that. It's just day-to-day decisions. Is this the right decision? Is it going to glorify God? So we might be thinking, like, how is this actually with love is? Well, as I said at the beginning, it deepens our love for God. Now we go through the grids. Now we look at the filter and we ask that question, does this glorify God? Then you're putting him first. And if you're putting him first, you can't then argue that you don't love him. So it deepens our relationship with God. Me sacrificing Eminem and, and the horror films and stuff deepened my love for God. It, at first, yeah, it was a little bit of a sacrifice, but now I understand why God wanted me to reject them. And I've grown. My faith has grown. My maturity has grown. I've put away childish things so I could become a man. So it deepens our love for God. Also, it's discipleship. So we filter for ourselves, which is good, um, but it's a tool to help others deepen their love for God. Just as you've used it to grow your love for God, Hopefully, I've given you some tools today to help understand how we can filter a bit better, a bit easier, and now you can teach this to your disciples. You can teach this to someone who's not on the same spiritual mature level as you and needs to filter some stuff. And now, hopefully, you've got some tools to help you do that, and you can use this for discipleship. So how you've used it to deepen your love, you can use it to help others deepen their love for God. But also, in regards to discipleship, we can filter for other people. So filter ourselves for other people. Um, so when, um, me, before Emily and I got married, um, I was asked quite a few times to go on holiday with this couple. Um, and this couple aren't Christian, um, so wouldn't hold us accountable to each other. Um, so there's Emily and me kind of deciding should we go or not. Um, and we're saying, like, do you know what, we, you know, separate rooms, all the guards in place, and we could, even if we could, say 100%, we're not going to fail, we're not going to give in to temptation, we will stay strong, and if we knew that we knew that we knew we just wouldn't fail, which I think couldn't be a reality, it's a bit naive to think like that, but if we just thought, do you know what, I'm never going to fail, and 100% we wouldn't, the decision for us was these guys and the rest of the youth. Because even if we went on holiday and we didn't fail, like we, we didn't give in to temptation, we did the right thing, we've now given permission for the youth for when they're old enough to go on holiday. And they might not be able to withstand. And they might fail. And that'll be on our head. So for me, having a week away, 10 days away, compared to having them fail because of me and losing my influence that I have with them, it's far more important than just 10 days away or whatever it was. So we can filter for others. And we might think, oh, but it's my life. It's, their life is their responsibility. That's not the kingdom of God. We're called to count others more significant than ourselves. Every action, everything we do, are we thinking of others? Are we filtering for ourselves? Because if we're not, we're just being hypocrites. If we're trying to disciple and teach them to filter, but we're not ourselves... There's an issue there. But if we're 
filtering for ourselves, we can now disciple and filter for others to help them find Christ, help them deepen their love for Christ. Just like a child with their, um, a parent with their child. You know, a parent, well, a, a child at first can't look after themselves. They can't filter, they can't protect themselves. You know, Nyla, my nearly two-year-old now, she just grabs everything she can, puts everything in her mouth, does all these things, just kind of you're trying to protect them, and you have to filter for them. So with our children, we don't give them chocolate to eat every day because it's not good for them. It's a bad diet. It's not healthy. So we filter a healthy diet for them. And it's the same principle. We can disciple others. We can help them put filters in place to protect them. And that is how we're demonstrating love through filtering. And this leads on to the next example, uh, or next point. It encourages others to find Christ. If we go back to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 32, it says, Give no offence to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that, many, that, but that of many, that they may be saved. If we choose to put filters in our life, we don't know what example we're being for someone else. We don't know how, through our filters, we might lead someone to Christ. And that is our first priority above everything, or it should be. So if we're at work, or we're at the pub after work, or whatever we do with our group of friends, are we displaying the right filters? Are we behaving Christ-like? Are we doing the right thing? If not, we could be deterring someone from Christ. If they know you're a Christian, but you keep swearing at work, or they know you're a Christian and your behaviour, you've got an attitude or whatever it is that just isn't displaying Christ, you could be determining someone from Christ because you're losing your influence or you're changing their perception of what a Christian should be. And they don't take you seriously and they don't take Christianity seriously. But if we're displaying those filters, it becomes an opportunity. And it's happened to me quite a few times in school where people would be behaving like teenagers. I wouldn't be. And they'd ask, why do you behave like that? Why don't you get involved? Why don't you join in? I remember one time, me and my friend, who's a Christian as well, um, went to a party. I think we were about 17, 18. Um, just one of our friend's parties, so we kind of had to go. And we were the only two who hadn't drunk any alcohol. And everyone was baffled. Like, what 17, 18-year-olds don't go out and get drunk? And it became an opportunity. We then started talking to the person who asked us, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you involved? And it became an opportunity to tell them, well, I'm a Christian, blah, blah, blah. God loves us and all this stuff. Now, nothing came from that conversation, but it still planted a seed. And who knows, in five, ten years' time, who knows if anything comes out of it, but something could, that wouldn't have been able to be planted if I was behaving the same as everyone else. We are called to be different as Christians. Um, we are called to be in unity of everyone, and we should be in unity of everyone, but not uniformity. We don't have to compromise. We don't have to give in to what everyone else is doing. We should be different. We should stand out. And I know this could seem quite legalistic and, oh, I have to cut all these things out. But again, like I said, it's just desire. God changes us. And we might think, oh, but this is quite legalistic, but the Bible tells us to be imitators of Christ and to become more like Christ. And if we go back to that question of, 
if Jesus was in our room, would we be doing that? And we say no, well then that's your answer. Well, Jesus wouldn't be doing that. So if Jesus wouldn't be doing that, I shouldn't be doing that. And I need to be an imitator of Christ. So it's not about legalism. It's not about religion and trying to earn or anything like that or kind of cutting things from our lives. It's maturity. It's putting away childish things to become mature. And I thank God for giving me those convictions to cut those things out of my life. And there's tons. And every day I have to make decisions of, actually, I'm not going to do that because it's not going to help that person or it's not going to help myself. This is what we have to do. It's a life journey. But we'll be honoured in heaven. God will honour us for it. So we might be in two different places today. We might be in a place of, actually, I need to put some filters into my life. Actually, could the band join me? I need to put some filters into my life. And God, I, I, like during worship, as we pray, we could just ask, God, help me understand what those filters need to be. Help identify those things in my life that actually, um, they're not great for me. Give me the courage to not do them anymore. Give me the courage to start filtering so I can love others deeper, so I can help lead others to Christ, so I can help someone else deepen their relationship with Christ. Or maybe kind of filter that is covered and excuse me, we're all good and we are filtering. Well, now let's pray that you find that disciple who you can show filters to, that you can help teach them how to filter, that you can grow them closer to Christ. Thank you, church. Thank you.